The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what I did was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Oh, it's kind of a crummy week before DeAndre Hopkins did the incredible and caught that Hail Mary touchdown, 43-yard touchdown catch in triple coverage with two seconds left. That was big for fantasy managers. We knew this week was going to be weird. Uh, we knew that the replacement running backs had bad matchups, and they really did not come through. Duke Johnson didn't have a bad matchup, and he didn't come through. We, we knew that this was going to be kind of one of those weird weeks with all the injuries and some key bye weeks. But we're here to talk about it. We're here to have some fun and unwind on this Sunday evening. Adam Azer here with Dave Richard and Heath Cummings. Heath, what's your reaction to the Week 10 slate? I'm sorry if you had played the backup running backs. I'm sorry if you play in a league where you have to use tight ends. Um <laughs> It I, it was a it was a like we say it often, but I think it was especially true this week. It was just a super weird week. But wait a minute, there were some backup running backs that did great this week. Malcolm Brown <laughs> did well this week, and Boston Scott had a touchdown. Alex Collins had a touchdown. I was I was shocked to see how not just Boston Scott, but like the the Eagles ran all over the Giants average like 6.8 yards per carry. That was one of the weirder things against that. That Okay. So that feels like a shot at me, but really anyone who I'm, I'm just like literally saying things that should go with what you believe. I look, the Eagles ran the ball very well. Miles Sanders is a superstar and it was surprising, right? Uh, not, it, it was not surprising that Miles Sanders ran well. It was surprising that Boston Scott had a 56 yard touchdown or whatever. Yeah. That was surprising. Corey Clement had a touchdown as well. A goal line touchdown. Yes, he yeah. did. Yes. Well, I, it was I, a five yard. I, you know, you can, you can sit here that we've played, <laughs> they've played 10 games. They've had a bad run defense three times. So you've been wrong 70% of the time about that. So you could, you could take, I'll take those odds. Rob Gronkowski, the only tight end with double digit fantasy points in non PPR. And uh, no tight end reached 70 yards today. Which tight end do you think had the most receiving yards today, guys? Well, I know the answer because I'm looking right at it. It is not Richard Rodgers. Rodgers. That was a good guess. It is Logan Thomas. 66 yards, Logan Thomas. You don't need to score a touchdown if you get 60 yards. (laughs) But he's not a top... I I don't think he's a top 10 tight end. What was the yardage mark that Dave uses that that Adam gets so frustrated about? 70 yards. 70 yards. yards. I don't want you on my fantasy team. (laughs) You do not want any tight ends this week. Um, all right. Well, DeAndre Hopkins is Rich. amazing, and that's where uh, that's you know that's the headline. That was awesome for fantasy. Gave Kyler Murray a good game. Got him up to thirty-one fantasy points. Got Hopkins over a hundred yards with a touchdown. Got made went from having a good game to a great game. And right before that, Stefan Diggs did the same for Josh Allen. Really, uh, the, the end, the last minute of that game was great for fantasy. And Naheem Hines, I think it's just Naheem Hines kicking off. But that that Thursday night game foreshadowed, I guess. You know, just like. 
the weirdness of week 10. But let's get into it. By the way, you should be watching us on YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasy football today, where everybody leaves me in comments and hurts my feelings, but that's okay. Really? <laughs> I love you. Oh, oh they're brutal. I've, I've never know. gone to the YouTube comments. Oh, you we just, got, we just gained a viewer. Go. I probably want to. Do not we just go. gained a viewer. Heath is going to tally up those YouTube hits. All right. Um, news and notes. Drew Brees left with injured ribs. He's going to have MRI. He's going to have an x-ray. They've got Atlanta twice in the next three weeks, and, and Denver's not so good either. So, you know, Jameis Winston came in and, and really played quarterback. Taysom Hill didn't throw a pass in this game. So, yeah, sneak peek at the waiver wire, guys. I'll give you the rest of the injuries. Drew Brees, Matthew Stafford, he's fine. He, he got his thumb and his hand taped up. Teddy Bridgewater, though, he left with a knee injury. And mm. P.J. Walker, Will Greer. <laughs> uh, I like that better. <laughs> Will Grief. Will Grief typo. Yeah. It's going to be P.J. Walker. Okay, so they've got Detroit next week. Mike Let's put Dave, this way. I would be stunned if it wasn't P.J. Walker. Uh, those are the main injuries. Drew Locke was playing hurt. John Brown left with an ankle injury in the fourth quarter. They're going into their bye week. Jamichael Hasty broke his collarbone. I would expect Raheem Mostert to play in two weeks after their bye week. Uh, Andrew Whitworth was carted off. Left tackle for the Rams. That's a tough break. Giants left guard Kevin Zeitler left with a concussion. Right guard, actually. Um, Traquan Smith concussion. So the main injuries are Breeze and Bridgewater, and I would say John Brown and Hasty, but, you know, not a huge fantasy impact there. So uh, give me a couple waiver wire names, even if they're not related to the injuries. I mean, I feel really iffy about the whole Naheem Hines thing, but it he's definitely got to be added everywhere until we... Yeah, so they'd be dumb not to give him more work, but we've seen the Colts coaching staff be dumb before. Well, yeah, what I said on Thursday night post game was this was the third time this season that Naeem Hines has scored two touchdowns in a game, and the first time he received one touch the next week. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. and it's been wasted everyone's fab. <laughs> yes, uh, we're gonna we're gonna waste it again, and then I, I'll say that one of my one of my winners, but um, Savan Ahmed, I'm. I'm he not so sure that he might just like they had no reservations about sending Matt Breida and Jordan Howard to the sideline for Miles Gaskin because he looked the best. I yeah. don't know that anybody's going to look better than Ahmed. I may just uh, he may just be their starter until Gaskin's back. What's the roster percentage of the Giants starting running back today? Oh. Today. I don't even want to talk. That guy is so rude, Dave. He's I know <laughs> it's probably not that good of a number. Goal, man. 77% rostered. So it's a little too late to call him a pickup, but yeah. he's got some, he's got a chance to be their guy the rest of the season. The offensive line did a good job blocking for him inside the five, second week in a row. And they, give, they give him the ball at the goal line one. over and over. Give, yeah, Kalen Balaj, we'll save him because we have a believe it or not on Kalen Balaj. Uh, but how about Jameis Winston? I mean, what's your interest level in Jameis Winston? Five. I, if I need a bye week replacement at quarterback, or if I've been starting Breeze and I don't have any other quarterback on my team, I would consider Drew Breeze or uh, Jameis Winston rather. What is that strange background sound? You guys hear that? What is going on over there? Yeah, I thought, I thought it was, was the Gallman. I think it's Gallman. Gallman? I don't think it's him. Are you, is he still making noise? No, on it's your definitely end not. It's a hundred percent. Should we shut down that. the entire podcast and start over? I don't know if you guys have a fan on or something like that. Um, all right, so those are your news and notes on your waiver wires. Hey, real quick, here are some real here are some things that annoyed me this week. This will be a fun segment. All of the Rams rushing touchdowns. Actually, 
for two reasons. One, it sucks for the Rams' backfield. That was a real three-headed monster. And two, I felt really bad for Jamie because Goff got them down the field over and over and over again and then just kept handing off and didn't throw a touchdown. And Goff played, had like 10 points or something like that, and he had a 300-yard game. But, uh, okay, are we putting the Rams' backfield in the... can't? Oh, the MC Hammer backfields. Can't touch this? Oh, boy. <laughs> what do you mean? No. No? You can touch it? They're all flexes. Um, With like 10-point upside. That's that's just simply not. We like we, Every week, we get one of them with 15 to 20 points, right? No. I don't know if it's been that way every week. Who? How many? Malcolm Brown had well, Malcolm Brown oh, had two touchdowns. Yeah. Sure. We're just going to count on Malcolm Brown finding the end zone twice. Hen- Henderson okay. has had multiple 15-plus point games. Right. Okay, but this was the most carries. This was the most carries that Cam Akers had had. What since week one? Week one. Yeah, I think so. So uh, usually didn't he start? uh, I'm not sure, but usually he's very uninvolved. And Cam Akers had ten carries, led the team in carries, led the team in rushes, and he's the one who didn't score a rushing touchdown. Brown had two, and Henderson had one. Yeah, this is his most carries since he got the first carry for the Rams. The Rams had that um, Lions plan of let's get our rookie going after the bye week Mm -hmm. and then he just wasn't better than the other guys i don't think he is yet none of them had great games on a per carry basis uh well did malcolm brown yeah i guess six for 33 and two but none of them had a ton of carries okay well i think cam Akers is going to be added in leagues too he's 43 percent rostered here's something else that annoyed me alex collins LOL. I mean, DJ Dallas, Travis Homer all week. Alex Collins was the only running back who got any carries. Hopefully it won't matter anymore. Chris Carson could be back on Thursday against Arizona, but 11 carries, 43 yards, and a touchdown. That was annoying. Uh, Here's something that really annoyed me, that Corey Clement rushing touchdown. You can deal with the Boston Scott fluky 50, I don't remember what it was. I think it was 56 yards. The Corey, like I don't understand why Corey Clement got that touchdown. Miles Sanders was in on the previous play. They took him out. They gave the ball to Corey Clement. What was that all about? Have you met Doug Peterson? No. Oh no, you cannot. Like, this happens things, all though. the time for the last that. five years. What are you talking about? That Miles Sanders has been the featured workhorse, getting almost all of the work the in, entire in the season. four games that he's played this year. Yes, yeah. and this game, and this game. Sanders was pushed out of bounds for a 14-yard gain, setting up first and goal from the five. So he was probably tired from the run. Or the Eagle said, hey, nice run. Come off the field. Who's the next guy up? Oh, it's Clement. And then they called a running play. Annoying. Usually it's just as simple as that. I don't think it's, yes, great run, Miles Sanders. You're awesome. Now let's really hurt everybody that started you in fantasy and put somebody that no one started. Oh, oh, I wasn't accusing Doug Peterson of doing that. I'm just saying it was annoying. Doug Peterson hates Adam Azer. Let's make him mad. Probably he would. He would if he knew me. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Sanders had 15 carries. Scott had three and Clement had one. Like, we still view Sanders as first round yes. kind of player, right? Doug For Peterson sure. like, is the real goal, man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Okay, and what, one more thing that annoyed me was Darius Slayton. This was so annoying. He was only started in 26% of leagues. I really thought he was safe to drop. He was having a pretty bad year, except for two or three games. And Darius Slay shut him down 
two, three weeks ago and 93 yards, five catches, and now he's going into a bye. What should you do with Darius Slayton? Because it's a bye week, but then it's at Cincinnati, at Seattle. Um, you know, keep him, dump him. What do you think? You can hang on to him. him. You don't have to. I'm not talking earlier this week about whether or not Jonu Smith was a droppable fantasy asset. After this, after this week and the way tight ends played, I am running to keep Jonu. I'm hugging him and holding him like my life depends on it. Slayton is a different story. You don't have to do that with him. Okay. Let's do some believe it or not, courtesy of Heath Cummings. Believe it or not, both Washington running backs are starters in PPR. Gibson and McKissick. I believe it for at least the next two weeks when they face the Bengals and Cowboys. Um, listen, Alex Smith, in the last two weeks with him at quarterback, J.D. McKissick has 29 targets. <laughs> um, so ridiculous. Jacob Gibbs talked about it. He's basically a part-time running back and a part-time slot receiver. And that opens things up enough for Antonio Gibson to play running back while McKissick's in the slot. And McKissick's or Gibson's doing a fine job, especially in games where they have a decent game script. They should have decent game scripts the next two weeks against the Bengals and Cowboys. So, yes, I will start both of them for at least the next two weeks. It's Cincinnati at Dallas at Pittsburgh. That's one that I don't think you'll feel real good about Gibson anyway. At San Francisco, probably the same thing. Seattle at home. Week 16, Carolina at home. I want to bring something. I might up, believe it with McKissick for the rest of the season. Well, hold on. Let's pump, let's uh, let's pump the brakes on that for one second. Let me ask you this, right? Why? Because I because I have outlined JD McKissick. I've been pretty dead on with JD McKissick. I, I have to say, oh, look at I, me. It's I'm true, Mr. JD McKissick. It's man. true because several this weeks is the ago, McKissick of death. Right now here. I think things are different now. Things are different now because of what Heath just said. Because they're throwing him out in the slot a lot more. Jacob Gibbs had that stat. And he got 15 targets today. And he could have had a lot more production. Had a ball that should have been probably been a touchdown catch. About 28 yards. Um, the next three opponents are the Cowboys, Steelers, and Bengals. They are bottom four. They give up the first, third, and fourth fewest receiving yards to running backs. I knew. Slot receivers. Yeah, that's the difference. But I had a feeling he was going to be good against the Giants. They're terrible against running backs in the passing game. I had a feeling and he was... And the Lions, too. Yeah. And the Lions. They were both... When I when we said pick him up coming out of his bye week, it was after he had been bad against Dallas. But I said Dallas is just, for whatever reason, really good at that. And I'm sorry. I'm not trying to, like, brag or anything. You know me. Get you're, no, you're not trying to. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying successful. with McKissick. Well, I'm just saying with McKissick... This but seems, he's not in yeah, that no, it's role. Different. It's different now. It's different now. But I wanted to ask you because three of his next three games are against teams that are among the four best. And they actually, the, the other team is Washington. It's Dallas, Washington, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati. They give up the fewest receiving yards to running back. So do you still, with that information, still consider McKissick a must start? Yes. It's what Washington does, and it's what Alex Smith is doing. It's it's simply just the way that they're operating from week to week. You can count on those targets being there. Okay. They're not going to care about, oh, wow, Cincinnati's really good at stopping running backs from catching the ball. We better throw it to Terry McLaurin more. I, I know that. I mean, I, I hope that's what they do. <laughs> okay. But they're, they're going to use McKissick plenty. Miles Sanders is the only startable eagle, believe it or not, and that was with Travis Fulgham having his worst game. What Ooh. do you think? I don't believe it yet. I just, I think if anybody else had done what Fulgham done over the past five or six weeks, we give him at least one more week. He's had a couple of really pretty rotten games against the same opponent, the Giants, and and they've done some pretty good things against 
uh, number one wide receivers. So I'm still probably going to start Fulgham this week. It The one that's difficult, like I want to hold Rager and I want to hold Goddard. I don't know that you can start Goddard right now, but I do still think there's a chance that he's a very good tight end down the stretch. Um, Wentz against the Browns and the Seahawks. It's it, with especially with the injured quarterbacks, it, it might be hard to sit Wentz, but I probably will. But I think it's going to be even harder to sit Fulgham because yeah, you can't. I can't I'm because not you to. know that he can still end up getting a lot of targets. I didn't watch this game. Maybe it was a case of Philadelphia trying really hard to spread the ball around and not make it so obvious that Carson Wentz loves Fulgham. It's something I'll have to double check into. Uh, well, it wasn't a case of James Bradbury shadowing him. That did not happen. Hmm. Not to say that he didn't face him, but Brad uh, Bradbury, from what I noticed, I'm pretty sure about this, really just stayed at left cornerback in this game. Um, it was a weird game. The Eagles really had no flow. You know, they were able to run the ball pretty well, but their passing game just couldn't get going. And, uh, you know, you won't see it in the sack totals because he didn't take a lot of sacks, but as you could imagine, there was some pressure. And he did a pretty good job, Wentz, of getting rid of the ball. But it just, they just were off today. They just were off. All right, believe it or not, Kalen Balage is a must-start running back until Austin Eckler returns. This is Balage, who is 60% rostered and now has 15 and 18 carries for 69 and 68 rushing yards in his last two games. He is a must-start until Eckler returns, believe it or not. I believe it. There's Justin Herbert, while he loves to go downfield, is dumping the ball off to his running backs a ton still. Balaj actually led the Chargers in receptions today <laughs> with five. <laughs> um, and he's clearly, whatever we thought about his talent before or whatever it currently is, it's better than Joshua Kelly. And Justin Jackson's not going to be back before Austin Eckler. And while the video Eckler posted was encouraging and I'm, I can't wait to get him back, I Last I heard this week, he progressed to running as hard as he could in a straight line. I don't think we're actually a week away from getting Austin Eckler back. More importantly, when we do get Austin Eckler back, the Chargers now have a running back who is physical and tough and can pick up those tough yards and work the goal line in third and short and fourth and short. And I don't think that's going to go away just because Austin Eckler is healthy. I think they like what they've gotten out of Balage. He looked good. I think he looked better last week than this week. I didn't see every carry he had this week, but I saw a lot of it. And I, I was actually shocked by the receptions. But they started, uh, Herbert was starting to check down to him a bunch. And I wonder if that's something that's going to continue on. And that would also hurt Austin Eckler upon his return. But I agree. I believe it. I think he's their best running back for now. Okay. Believe it or not, Brandon Ayuk will be the best rookie wide receiver rest of the season. This was the one that I uh, was hoping that you guys would answer because <laughs> oh, easy. I'm not totally it's sure. Easy. It's easy. It's is it it's easy. You don't believe it? Yeah, I don't believe it. Who do you think will be? The field. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it could be. I T. think Higgins. T. Higgins is just so remarkably consistent. The guy gets like 75 yards almost every game. Okay, only a 56 in this game, but two touchdowns. 56 is pretty good if that's one of your low games. So I, oh no I'm sorry I'm looking at Claypool Higgins had 115 my bad yeah um I would I think I don't know I think I'd go with Higgins but my thing with him uh, with Ayuk uh, Heath is Debo when Debo comes back you know I we haven't seen Ayuk have well we saw I don't know he had one good game with um, Debo but he's that's probably next I, game I think the 49ers are probably going to be behind um, more often than not and in this game. 
Ayuk had six, 14 targets and really just like a 20, 25% target share. Um, so I think there'll be enough targets for both of them. And I, and I really think that Ayuk probably, like he has better pedigree than Debo Samuel as a, as a, as a receiver. Sure. So I think Ayuk's going to be a top 20 wide receiver rest of the season. It's just whether there's a rookie wide receiver who is also top 20 and better than him. I think you can make the case for Higgins to be that guy. I don't really know if I believe that Claypool can be that guy. So let's, let's call it top three or four among the rookie wide receivers. And that still could be someone who's top 20. Maybe he'll be the most consistent or second most consistent rookie wide receiver. And I don't hate the schedule for the 49ers passing game the rest of the way, but they are on by next week. So you shouldn't start. Ayuk, how's that for some fantasy advice, everybody? See, Thank you very much. I think I would bet on Ayuk <laughs> if I could only bet on one, but I would agree with Adam that if I could bet on the field, I would take them over Ayuk. I'm just well, remark- but if the field is like one to six and Ayuk is plus two fifty, you'd probably take Ayuk in that case. I guess so, but I, I really think T. Higgins deserves just some recognition, like 100, I'm sorry I got his yards wrong today, but 115 yards. So like these are his yards in his last six games, 77, 62, 125, 71, 78. And today Higgins had 115. I mean, that's just remarkable. Uh, At Washington, Giants, Dolphins, Dallas, Pittsburgh, at Houston. So yeah, you know what? Even Even if we disagree on that answer, whatever, just a shout out to T Higgins. The guy's having a sick year and AJ Green, five targets, no catches today. Higgins had over 20% of Burroughs targets and way more than 50% of his yards plus the touchdown. So I think it's pretty clear that that's his guy. Somebody asked me on Twitter, who would you rather have in dynasty moving forward, Ridley or Burrow and Higgins? And I love Calvin Ridley, but I've also been like crazy for Joe Burrow since the second I started watching him. I told him he should go with the Bengals duo over Ridley. I don't know if Heath's dynasty trade chart agrees with it, but I don't really care. That's the side I'd rather have if you need to. Yeah. Um, I'd probably take Ridley, but it's, it's close enough. It it really comes down to whether or not you need a quarterback on your dynasty team, like a long-term solution. Right. Okay. Then then it's a no brainer. Here are some noteworthy, almost touchdowns. Nick Chubb. That was great for me. Stepped out of bounds at the one instead of scoring a touchdown. And it was bad for people who bet on Cleveland's. They they opened as three and a half point favorites, and they won by three. Darren Waller, a nightmare to watch. Darren Waller dro- <laughs> dropped what could have been a long touchdown. Um, Alex Smith missed J.D. McKissick for what would have been a 26, 28, whatever it was, something like that yard touchdown. Nelson Aguilar dropped a touchdown. <sighs> Jake Luton missed D.J. Chark on a deep ball. Not sure it would have been a touchdown, but it could have been a huge game. Devontae Adams had a touchdown called back on a holding penalty. Daniel Jones had a rushing touchdown callback, and Devontae Parker had a touchdown catch reversed, and on the next play, Jakeem Grant caught a touchdown. It's time for a new segment. Um, yes? We can't do the almost touchdowns without talking about James Robinson. Oh, I, two 20-plus mm-hmm. yard touchdown runs called back because of holding. Well, he never would have gotten them if not for the holding, right? You know? <laughs> yeah, James Robinson. And they were both like spectacular plays, diving in, just barely getting in, and both called back. A hundred yard game again for him, uh, right around there. So another nice and and twenty carries, twenty plus carries again. So good job, James Robinson. 
Um, this is a segment called Calling Out Ben. Calling Out Ben. Hello, Ben Schrager. What's going on? How are you feeling about our matchup? All right, so uh, everybody's caught up on the whole Troy, Troy Main Pope saga. I was talking about how I was about to add Troy Main Pope on Twitch on Thursday uh, in my matchup against Ben because my running backs were terrible. I went to add him. I went to drop David, uh, not David Cordero Patterson, and it says Troy Main Pope is not a free agent. Who? What the heck happened? Ben Schrager picked him up. Ben Schrager picked him up only to block me. He then dropped Troy Main Pope, but he dropped him a day too early and left him available on Sunday. So I picked up Troy Main Pope and I started him against Ben Schrager. And Troy Main Pope didn't have one touch. So anyway, I still might win because of karma. So that's good. Well, the complicated thing here is I dropped him because I realized I wanted you to start Troy Main Pope. Oh, nice work, dude. <laughs> nice but then one. now he played and there were zero points and I'm going to lose because Kyler Murray's a stud. But that was the goal there and it kind of worked. We'll see. No, it did work. Well done. But I have to call you out on something else because we are playing against each other in the Twitch League. Are you aware of this? No, because you're a co-manager in Twitch. You don't have your own team. Right. Now, I want you to take a look at the score of our Twitch matchup. And I want you to tell me if you know a bigger cheater than you, than Ben Schrager. Because the way I see it, what a question. As commissioner, does, this, does something look wrong about your lineup? You're the commissioner of the league here. No, nothing. No, that's interesting because you're starting an extra player. You gave yourself an extra wide receiver, Ben. And I've never seen anything quite like that. Don't I have Claypool and AJ Brown in? In the Twitch league? Yeah. No? Are you? Oh, um... You know what? Oh, please let this end with Adam being wrong. I am wrong. Someone else has a team name of Young Ben. I thought that was Ben Trager. <laughs> ben, you need to regulate because this guy cheated and he started an extra player. What was that? Oh all my about? goodness! I don't know oh, how I've it happened. I've got to come down on this guy hard. Yeah. All right. So now I'm just calling you out for being a bad commissioner, <laughs> and we can move on. All right, quick worryometer here. James Connor and Darren Waller. Where are you guys on the worryometer? Connor with, let's see, 47, 22, and 36 rushing yards in his last three games. And the last two were Dallas and Cincinnati. And Darren Waller, 27, 22, and 37 yards in his last three games. He has only two games this year with more than 50 yards. And he had 11 such games in 2019. So uh, it's weird. Connor and Waller, Worryometer, where are you? I'd say I'm about a four on the Worryometer for Connor, which is normally higher than it would be for a stud running back like this. But yeah, the yardage and the work has to be kind of called into question here. Waller's yeah, like a zero. I'd go six on Connor and agree with Dave, zero. On, like, what am I going to do? Go pick out the tight enough the waiver wire that gets 25 yards every week <laughs> and hope he scores a touchdown? <sighs> yeah. Better run and get Robert Tunyon. The onion. I like Jordan Reed, by the way. Yeah, yeah. No. Would like, you drop Darren as Waller? As soon as you start Jordan yeah, Reed, he's going to limp off in the first quarter, and you're going to be like, why did I get him? Ah. Uh, I want those 23 yards from Darren Waller back. I know what I was going to say about Waller that I forgot to mention. This is a running team. Derek Carr has thrown 23 to 25 passes in three straight games. So factor that in, too. All wins. And then next week they got Kansas City, so... <laughs> Who they beat? Yeah, it something tells me they're not going to beat them. But all right, so you're not worried about Waller. What do we do with Connor at this point? I think oh, you wait. continue to start him. Yep. Okay. Great stuff. 
almost as good as me calling out Ben for something he didn't do. Winners and losers. Dave's okay, winners. It's the Sunday show. We've always got extra room for hijinks and such. Oh, yeah, it's a fast show. We'll be done in 20 minutes. Don't worry about it. Uh, Dave's winner number one is... Oh, man. And Kenyon Drake, who did fumble, unfortunately, but uh, still had a pretty productive game. Okay, Dave, Wayne Gallman and Kenyon Drake, who would you rather have rest of season? I think I'd rather have Gallman than Drake, but I'd be happy to have either one. Sometimes when players fumble, they get set to the bench. We've seen it before uh, with Ronald Jones, who did fumble again today, believe it or not, and then wasn't sent to the bench, and neither was Kenyon Drake. I think the Cardinals realized during his absence that he does play a functional role for their offense. He's a good physical between the tackles running back. After all, he actually looked a little more spry in this game than I remember him being before he got hurt, which is kind of weird. And I don't know if that's just because he went up against Buffalo and their defense is starting to crack a little bit or, or what. And I don't believe that he's really the best running back on Arizona. I think that would go to Kyler Murray, but he would be second best and the best that you could play at running back there. So I'm, I'm encouraged by him fumbling and the Cardinals coaching staff going right back to him. Literally, their very next offensive play was a handoff to uh, Kenyon Drake. And then Gallman just continues to look pretty good. And he gets these short yardage goal line opportunities. I, I almost want Devontae Freeman to just keep staying away, buddy. Don't come back anytime soon. Let Wayne Gallman handle the work the rest of the way. The Giants offensive line is playing better as well. Yeah, and and uh, Freeman's on IR, so he'll miss at least the next two games, which are at Seattle. Let him miss the, the uh, that's rest not, of the season. Uh, sorry, not at uh, at Cincinnati. It's a bye week, then at Cincinnati, and then at Seattle. Um, Plus, then Alfred Morris gets to play a little bit, and that always warms my heart to see. Alfred oh play. yeah, you yeah. Uh, so yeah, I Alfred. think one thing that's interesting about Drake though is that he had, by all accounts, a pretty good game. Right, sixteen carries, a hundred yards, one catch, nine yards. In a PPR league, it's not that good. You know, even if you remove the fumble, it's 10 points, 11 points, almost 10.9 points of your decimal scoring. So, you know, he, or I guess one catch, sorry, 11.9. Uh, well, you know what I'm saying. He pretty, you, he pretty much has to score. Do you hate on a running back that's going to touch the ball 15 times and be the goal line, one of the goal line options for a football team? Because the other one's the quarterback, it's obviously. No, no, no. I mean, it was encouraging to see, and he was only started in 13% of leagues, a lot yeah. fewer than Chase Edmonds. But... There's I think limitations. that's because people wanted to play it safe with their lineups this week and not uh, maybe start somebody that played at 1 o'clock or a better player that played later on. Okay, Heath's winners are Deontay Johnson, who had 116 yards and a touchdown on 11 targets against Cincinnati, and Savan Ahmed, who we discussed earlier. Uh, Deontay Johnson, you want to talk about him? They threw the ball down the field to Deontay Johnson, and he was open and he caught it, and that's encouraging. But also double-digit targets once again, just further confirming. Like I don't really still have any um, guess who's going to be the odd man out on a weekly basis, and I would expect one of them is going to be bad. But I think we'll probably just embrace the idea of you start all the Steelers. You know, I think it's becoming a tricky decision is Ben Roethlisberger in terms of starter sit. Yeah, what was his final numbers today? His he had four touchdowns. Yeah, he's uh, he is he QB he's one right pretty now. Pretty dang good, and not bad for a guy that didn't practice all week. So he's QB two behind Tom Brady. He scored. Oh, they're tied. Thirty-seven fantasy points. Twenty-seven of forty-six. Yeah, it's hard to predict his pass attempts. You know, 
300, oh, for sure. 333 yards, four touchdowns on 46 pass attempts. And is it just that as if James Connors struggles, then Roethlisberger is going to be great? Maybe. It just I, doesn't it doesn't make any sense at all. I almost think that the Ravens laid out a pretty good blueprint for how to sort of handle the Steelers passing game. And that's just to play man coverage, bump those receivers off the line because Roethlisberger is trying to get rid of the ball quickly. But Dave, he's, he's making reads and who's, I don't know, who's got up with who, some good numbers. Who's got the Ravens cornerbacks, you know? They're going to be able to get away with it more so. Couldn't you most still teams. try to stylistically play that way even if you don't have those amazing corners? I don't know. I, I, if I was a defensive coordinator, like in Cincinnati, I would try to do something like that. And maybe they did. I didn't watch that game. But if they did and they failed, then yeah, that's Cincinnati. But Roethlisberger's playing. He, he's, he's got this scheme running on all cylinders, and it's good for all of his receivers. Okay. And Ahmed is only 4% rostered, so he will be added. He is at Denver yeah. next week. He'll be one of the top waiver ads this week. To the losers. Losers. <laughs> uh, Zach Moss is a loser for Heath, and so is tight end. But Zach Moss, 91% rostered, 50% started, had seven carries, had one catch, and has a bye in the Binato Week 11. What do you think? I don't think that there is a Buffalo Bills running back beside, well, Josh Allen's more of a receiver. Um, that <laughs> is going to be useful for fantasy. Like all the things that we were worried about coming into the year with the, they're not going to get touchdowns. They're not going to get targets. We'll add in the fact they're not going to get rush attempts because the bills are just going to throw the ball 75% of the time. Um, I, I don't have any interest in roster, roster rostering a bills running back. They really haven't bothered to run in most of their games this season. Moss has one game with 10-plus carries. Singletary has six with 10-plus carries, but only three with 12-plus carries. And two of those three were when Moss was out. So you almost need one of those two running backs to not play so that the one remaining standing running back can collect 12 or 13 carries. Stat of the day. Stat maybe of the year. (laughs) Zach Moss and Devin Singletary had seven targets today. How was that stat? That's it? That's the whole stat? That's the stat. For negative eight yards. (laughs) Very good. Very good. That was a wild game. Bills had the six fewest rush attempts among their running backs coming into the week. So they're probably still... They're not going to be the lowest, but they'll be among the lowest. Josh Allen's pass to Stefan Diggs to... What we thought was win the game was just amazing. It's so funny really too because I would like before that drive. I was thinking, man, Josh Allen has really played a terrible game, and he made that throw that maybe six or seven other guys in the world can make. Yeah, um, I, I don't, I don't have any takeaways. <laughs> okay, well, he was uh, mostly very good again with a couple of bad throws. What do you want to say about tight end, Heath? I just like we get frustrated with these guys that have 20 and 30 yard games and we cycle through, Oh, I'm going to play this guy this week because of the matchup. And I, I don't like, there's a lot of strangeness to every position, 
But tight end is such a low volume position, so heavily influenced by touchdowns that um, I I don't know. Are we at the point where we need to suggest to league commissioners to eliminate the tight end position? I don't and think so. them in with wide receivers. Please. I mean, well, several leagues have already done that. Why I'm make it easy? Like I'm in a that. league that's done that. No, come on. That's so weak, man. That's just like that's just like being a cry. But, oh, tight end's too hard. Come on. Well, no, it's, not that it's too hard. It's 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 just the things we say about kicker. Right. Um, that's where I was going to go with it. No, right. I don't agree with that. It's not it's not totally random. You know, it well, I don't agree with that. Okay. What are you all well, totally ahead. random? Travis Kelsey's really good. Yeah. And when Kittle's healthy, he's really good. Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, this has been a, a pretty bad year, I would say. Right. You know, uh, for tight end. And, yeah. Andrews. Yes. Andrews has been crap and Waller's been okay. I, and I just think like if you took the consensus of all of the experts or probably a, whatever group of experts you wanted and looked at the top six tight ends every week, half of them are going to score like four non-PPR fantasy points. Yeah, get Kelsey. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just think it's like, uh, if you eliminate tight end, I just think it's taking the easy way out. I'm not trying to. I I know, I understand where you're coming from. We're not going to eliminate it this year, obviously. Um, I think it depends on what your league is like. If you're really running a very casual, simple league, I don't have a problem with it. I, I'm in one of those leagues. It's one of my favorite leagues where you don't have to start a tight end each week. Yeah. But there's also like extra bonus points for tight end receptions in the league. So there's an incentive to get them and to hope that they do well. Yeah, I think tight end premium makes a little more sense. But then you're really... Because the one thing that's easier to predict at tight end is targets and catches. Um, Like we can, well, we can so. do a bet. Be, like that's easier yardage is a little easier it's just that most of these guys don't get enough yards to score very many fantasy points Mm. well that is true and uh tight ends are bad and every year when we do the tight end preview just skip it and just (laughs) just draft kelsey or kittle but we we have agreed though that travis kelsey's worth a first round pick now oh yeah okay yeah well i mean if you're redrafting today yeah it depends uh, well, on how many running yeah. backs and receivers we also so. view that way, though. I don't think he's an absolute must top 12 guy next year. Hmm. Okay, how many people can I say are definitely ahead of... How many can we say are definitely ahead of Kelsey right now for I drafting I think we today? should do that in January. Just do it. It will take, it will take 30 seconds. McCaffrey, Cook, Kamara, Aaron Jones, right? Yes. Am I forgetting a big running back? I think Nick Derek, Chubb Derek and Henry. or half PPR will definitely go ahead of Travis Kelsey next year. Well, they're going to go ahead, yeah, because people aren't going to put a tight end Devontae, in the first round. This year, their, I'm saying this year. Ratings. I'm saying we're drafting for the rest of this year. For the rest of this year, I think it's a lot easier to put Kelsey in a top 12 yeah. if we're drafting for week 11 on. Okay. All right. We won't do it then. Because uh, And again, there's just like ridiculous position scarcity there with Kittle not around. Yeah. Okay, Dave, your losers are Michael Thomas, who had two catches for 27 yards. Let me see. What does he have this year? He has 68, seven, ni- he has 94 yards, catches. 95 yards this year. Does that sound right in three games? Yeah. Um, Shraggy, Shraggy, can you get on yeah, that? Yeah, he's got 18 yeah, targets, right. 10 catches, 95 yards in three games. That's pretty bad. 
Okay, and no Leonard Fournette was, no was receptions longer than sure twenty yards. What do you think? He's got Atlanta next week. He's got Jameis Winston as his quarterback next week too. I would. I don't think that he's. I, something's up where I just don't feel like we can look at him and say you got to start him. Got to keep starting him. Must start him. Absolutely have to start him. I think if you if you've managed to build some good receiver depth while he was out, you may have the horses ready to go ahead of him for the next couple of weeks. I'm okay. probably just going to start him against the Falcons and then I'll reevaluate one more week like this. And I would definitely be where Dave is, but against the Falcons, I'm probably just going to start. And him. let me make it clear. I'm not saying you should sit Michael Thomas. I think it really does. I think he's in that conversation of let's see who else you've got. There's not going to be, I don't think there's going to be a, an awesome receiver off the waiver wire that you've got to say, yeah, got to get him, put him in and start him ahead of Michael Thomas. But he's, he's, I don't think, I, I think he's worth a watch on film just to see what's been going on. Maybe he's not as explosive. And the targets obviously haven't quite been what they've been in the past. And the catch rate hasn't been what it's been in the past. Yeah. And the Saints only threw for like 140 yards today. So with the sacks included, it was 123, but I think it was 139 yards of passing. And they only threw 23 times. So it was just not set up for him. And Kamara was the only one who really got any production. Okay, uh, so Leonard Fournette was your other loser. He had eight carries. Ronald Jones, unbelievable. I put up a Twitter poll. It only lasted 10 minutes. It was after Jones fumbled on the second play of the game. Mm-hmm. Ha- over hey. under five and a half carries. And 90% of the people, yeah, rest of game. 90% of the respondents said under. And I would probably have gone under. I, I would have too. I was terrified. He ended up with 23 carries, 192 yards and a touchdown. He had a 98-yard touchdown. Around. Leonard Fournette had eight carries for 19 yards and two catches for 11 yards. So what's your take here, Dave? How about some props to Bruce Arians for sticking with Ronald Jones and not shoving him into the doghouse and saying, bad boy, you're done for the rest of your time in Tampa Bay. I literally was sitting there going, poor Rojo. He's worked so hard, and now he's not even going to get a chance to play. And not only does he keep playing, but he busts out for that 98-yard touchdown run. He had a great game against Carolina. Uh, I'm I'm thinking that it. I feel safer now with him, and I can't believe I feel safer with Ronald Jones coming out of a game where he fumbled. He was started in 60% of leagues, is Leonard Good. Fournette, would you drop Leonard Fournette for Savan Ahmed? Yes. I I view Fournette as a handcuff to Ronald Jones. I would love to, if I've got Jones, I'm one of those people that started him in 60% of leagues. I would love to have Fournette on that bench. But I, I really think he's going to max out now as a PPR guy for Tampa Bay. I just, I mean... Like, I know, I know, but like we've done this so yeah, many, how many times. How does he have in his last three or four games? Lots, and they're sticking with him. Yeah, until the next time Leonard they Ford decide to punish him. Like you, you just but they, they, they told you today, Heath. They told you. That okay, they don't trust I don't. Leonard but they t- like why would what they told me today matter tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Like who, who are you talking about? This area is so. Full They've of told it. me seventeen times. In 17 different directions. Has it been 17 different answers? Maybe this is the one that actually is going to stick for the next six weeks and nothing's going to change. That seems like the least likely outcome. 
I'm just okay. going to uh, go ahead and read your leaderboard for week 10 going into Sunday night, and then we'll take a break. And when we come back, we will look at all the games. Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger are tied with 37 points, six point per passing touchdown leagues, no decimals. Kyler Murray has 31, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, Josh Allen, 29. So in a weird week, the top six quarterbacks are Brady, Ben, Kyler, Rodgers, Stafford, and Josh Allen. Not too, too weird there. Stafford was a bit of a surprise, I'd say. Top five running backs are Kamara. This is a non-PPR, by the way. Kamara, Josh Jacobs, 112 yards and two touchdowns. Naeem Hines, Ronald Jones, and Devontae Booker. And just oh, and tied with DeAndre Swift, DeAndre Swift as well, who had DeAndre Swift was awesome. We should we should oh, give him some props. Absolutely, it could be it could be league winning time. Yeah, you know, rest of the season, he's just that was awesome. Great to see Devontae Booker. By the way, um, much many of his carries, I think half of them, eight of his sixteen carries, and both of his touchdowns were fourth quarter big lead. So through lock time. Yeah, <laughs> it was a shame it wasn't Jacobs, but I wouldn't. I guess he, it's not like he, they were splitting evenly. Throughout the game. Top five wide receivers. MVS. Uh, coming through. Jaguars are the worst against wide receivers. Every game. DeAndre Hopkins. Deontay Johnson. Chase Claypool. Cole Beasley. And uh, then Stefan Diggs and T. Higgins and a few. And Marvin Jones, too. All right, who's, the, who's the biggest priority for you on waivers? MVS. Cole Beasley. And that's it. Because Marvin Jones is too rostered. Yeah, MVS or Beasley or neither. It'll be Beasley if I pick between the two of them. It just, if John Brown got banged up and if his injury is going to put him on the shelf for a few weeks, I feel like Beasley always steps up in games where the Bills are in a competitive matchup. Josh Allen needs him. I, I really feel like he's that volume pass gobbler that helps fantasy managers and the Bills alike. As long as it looks like Brown is out, it would be Beasley. Okay, and I'm I'm gonna have trust issues with MVS just yeah. because of the high variance nature of his game. Well, Lazard's probably right. back next week too. But that I don't think that changes the high variance nature. I think it just makes him even more high variance. All right, top tight ends, Gronkowski only had three targets, caught two of them for fifty one yards and a touchdown. Hunter Henry, Cameron Brait also had three targets. Pharaoh Brown, the only uh Texan to catch a touchdown, and Johnu Smith. And, Texans uh, have all these big tight ends, and none of them can get any consistency. Quick break here on Fantasy Football Today. Game time. When we come back, we'll recap all the games. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Surprising game, Green Bay 24, Jacksonville 20. This was a weird one. And uh, Heath, we got to believe it or not for this one? Um, Yeah, believe it or not, we still don't know if Jake Luton's any good. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we can believe that we don't know if he's any good or not. I don't think anybody would start him on their fantasy team outside of two QB leagues. It really comes down to whether or not he's good for the pass catchers, namely DJ Chark. I'm still optimistic that Chark can be okay. Yeah, well, again, he hit him with a deep ball last week, and he should have hit him with a deep ball this week, but it was a poorly thrown ball, but it was a tough, tough environment today. So deep balls in particular. I I was trying to decide that watching that game, like, because the Packers are a bad defense without their top two corners. Right. And the wind was windy. I mean, it didn't (laughs) negatively affect Aaron Rodgers, but he's Aaron Rodgers. Right. Um, and so I was like, in the grand scheme of things, is this a, a difficult or easy or just average because they cancel out? Well, what, tell me what you think about DJ Chark. Because last week you had to believe it or not about him, you know. I you said I still needed to see more consistency to believe that he was a number two wide receiver. And I think he's better off as a number three boom or bust option. I ranked him as a number two this week um, for most of the week because it was a great matchup. I dropped him back in a number three range because of the weather. Um, I I don't think I'm going to feel great about him in my top 25 against the Steelers next week. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Any concerns at all about Aaron Jones? Nah. Okay. He still had 95 total yards. And drop Robert Tunyon? Yes. Like an onion. Mm. But not the blooming onion. Those are awesome. You'd never want to drop one of those. Well, Onions. right in my mouth, please. So good, man. Let me just tell you a quick onion thing. I had a flatbread pizza last night, or flatbread, with goat cheese and fig jam and uh, some grilled onions on there. Oh, oh so I bet it was good. delicious. Oh, it was so good. Like the best appetizer. It sounds like fancy schmancy food, though. No, it's just, a, it's just a bar across the street. It's a bit of a foodie bar, but it's not, you know, it's it's burgers and stuff like that. That's their maybe their fanciest item. Uh, Cleveland 10. Toast for dinner. Cleveland 10, Houston 7. And uh, this, was a, this was an ugly game, more weather. And it seemed to affect the this game more than the Packers game. But, Heath, anything on this game? Cleveland 10, Houston 7. Well, that's because Aaron Rodgers didn't play in this game. <laughs> sure. Or Baker Mayfield now. Yeah, but with Sean Watson, <laughs> struggled. Um, yeah. Believe it or not, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are going to be top 15 running backs the rest of the season. Easy to believe. Because this is a Browns team that would love to keep force-feeding the run. In the three games that they were both healthy in to start the season, uh, I believe two of the three, Chubb had at least 19 carries, and he had 19 carries again here in Week 10. And in all three of the games, Hunt had at least 12 touches. He had 19 carries and three catches, so 22 touches. That's pretty damn good for a 1B running back. This is how they prefer to operate, and it it was helped by the wind. I don't think they tried even one real downfield throw all game long. Like Houston at one point tried 
like on back-to-back plays. They didn't get anything with them, but they tried. I don't think the Browns even bothered trying throwing into the wind today, and that's why um, they ran so much, and they were successful with it. They broke Texans the Texans' defense in the fourth quarter. Chubb actually, and I'm sorry to keep going on, Adam, but Chubb did not look great until he started to get some cracks in the Texans' defense in the fourth, and then he just started pulverizing them. Both guys with 19 carries, both guys over 100 yards, and Chubb had one touchdown, should have been two. Hunt had three catches for 28 yards. Nick Chubb has three or four catches this year. I think three. So, uh, you know, you're just not going to get that, but he's one guy who can sort of overcome that. Baker Mayfield only threw 20 passes, and I talked so much about Jarvis Landry the last two weeks. He had a 25% target share. That was great, but it was only five targets, three catches for 29 yards. Bad game. Wasn't expecting a ton from anyone in the passing game. Uh, I misspoke. There was one play where Mayfield did try throwing along. It was a fourth and four target to Jarvis Landry, and he woefully missed him. Yeah, I'm not sure if the win was that, a factor. Uh, what I was going to say about Landry is like if Baker Mayfield can get to 28, 30-ish pass attempts per game, I still believe Landry's going to be in the, you know, 11-plus PPR point tight, like 5 for 60. I think he can do that fairly consistently. But if we're talking 20 pass attempts, then no, he can't overcome that. So So what are we doing if we've got to drop one from Jarvis Landry and Darius Slayton? I drop Slayton. Slayton. He's not playing this week. I get it. Yeah. Giants 27, Philadelphia 17. I was going to be a jerk and say, believe it or not, the Giants are not a difficult matchup for running backs. I, but do you, what do you what do you think? I they are in the wide group of defenses that I do not account for when doing my projections. There are a handful of defenses that negatively impact the projections of a running back that's playing against them. And there are a handful of teams that positively impact the projection of a running back playing against them. And the giants are in the large group in the middle that does not impact the projection. Fair enough. They They're, finally gave up a long run at him. They did. Yeah. It was seven games in a row and that, that streak has snapped. And of course it was Boston Scott who owns the giants. Uh, but uh, we talked about Kenyon Drake, and we argued about the Giants' run defense. And I still think if you're a, a player who doesn't catch the ball, then the Giants are a bad matchup for you. And we should be encouraged by the Eagles' offensive line, by the way, which got a little healthier. They couldn't pass block for anything. Well, that's, that, that is true. They got run over. It's like every, every time they tried to run a screen or something, Wentz couldn't hardly get the ball off before there was someone on his lap. Right. I did say you're not going to see in the sack totals, but the Giants did apply pressure. But um, they got a little healthier over the bye week. Um, okay, so do we have a real, believe it or not? You want me to give one? Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, Evan Ingram is is droppable going into his bye. Two catches, 15 yards on three targets. I wouldn't want to do that. I can't make a passionate case for holding on to him. He had nine or 10 targets, three straight games before this one. And so now do you think because of one game where he doesn't have that, that's it. He's going to be, you know, written out of the giants offense. They were able to run the ball a little bit today. So I think that that could be part of the reason why he didn't have a huge target share. And I'm not sure what the pass volume has been for the Giants from week to week, but 28 pass attempts for Daniel Jones seems kind of low. Yeah, it's low. 
it's low for sure. Um, yeah, it, it's not just though that like this that thing had been happening all season and then it happened didn't happen once. Like the two games before this twenty nine, like he's got now in the last six games three games with nine or more targets and three games with three or fewer targets. So, uh, so we are, we have lowered the bar <laughs> so much for the giants running game where 18 carries for 53 yards by Wade Gallman. We are winner. hailing it. Yeah, right. He did have a lot of short yardage, I guess, but still, and he's getting goal line work and he scored five touchdowns in his last four games. Or is it four I would touchdowns like to trade in the last Wayne three? Gallman. Okay, yeah. I would like to really trade him hard. Okay. Tampa Bay 46, Carolina 23. <laughs> trade him hard. <laughs> Believe it or not, all three of the Buccaneers' top three wide receivers could be startable each week. Yeah, I believe that. Alert. It's easier to do in PPR for obvious reasons. I, th- I think we should be encouraged by Mike Evans having six for 77 and a touchdown. And 11 targets. Yes, while getting their best cornerback. Rasul Douglas shadowed him. Uh, But an alert in this game. This was the first time a wide receiver had more than 70 yards without double-digit targets, and that was Chris Godwin against the Panthers. Mm -hmm. That was uh, six catches. He caught all six of his targets. But you look at that from Chris Godwin, and that's two games now with Antonio Brown on the field, and in both games he had six, six targets. So he's not going to have... All, he's actually... I mean, to be fair, he's got like an 80% catch rate going into the game. But this was 100 He's probably going to have five catches if he, if he gets six targets. Yeah, yeah. But but still, can he be great if he's getting six or seven targets a game? And I'm not... I mean, I'm not sure he's going to get much more than he that. He can be number two receiver, great. Not top 10 receiver, the only, great, the, which he, is how he was drafted. The other problem is that Brady only throws the two guys in the end zone. Every time, it's, it's Evans and Gronk. Or Gronk, yeah. So I mean, what do you like? Is this an opportunity to sell these Bucks or wide Cam receivers? Or Brate, right? Yeah, fake Gronk. You know, what do you do? Do you buy? Do you sell? Do you hold these Bucks receivers? They all had good games. I don't think anybody's going to overpay for any of them, so you hold. Or you trade if you've got a surplus of receivers. You need a running back. There's somebody that's got a surplus of running backs. They need a receiver. You work out an even deal. Would you accept Wayne Gallman for any of them? If I needed a running back, I would trade Antonio Brown for him. But the, again, that's if I need one, and that's me assuming that he's going to be the one with the lowest value of the three. Now, Chris Godwin does have, going into the game, four targets inside the 10-yard line, which is not bad considering the time he's missed. Whereas Mike Evans had eight and he had more today and Gronkowski had six and he had more today. So uh, maybe God would get in there a little bit. And as far as... should have actually had a bigger game. He's He dropped a couple of passes. As far as the uh, Panthers go, hopefully Christian McCaffrey can come back this upcoming week. What about Robbie Anderson? This was his worst game, I believe. If not his worst, one of his worst, um, one of his two worst. Four catches, 21 yards on six targets. Any concerns here? Yeah. Pretty serious concerns that he just keeps declining and declining. And almost like Mike Thomas, I don't think you can look at him and say, must start fantasy receiver anymore. You've got to consider other options. He had 13 targets last week. 
He didn't even and get 70 yards, though, did he? He had nine catches for 63 yards. He's getting a little bit worse, Robbie Anderson. Mm-hmm. And Curtis Samuel was taking work away from both him and DJ Moore. Finally, DJ Moore stepped up, had a good game. The touchdown was kind of fun. It was a screenplay uh, where he had blockers in front of him. Okay, yeah, so I'm, so so how about uh, rank the rest of season, rank the wide receivers in this Bucks panthers game? Samuel will be third. Samuel will be and, sixth. Oh, okay. That's right. I'm just thinking of the Panthers guys. If I'm ranking them all rest of season, I still think I'm going to put Godwin ahead of Evans, but they're going to be close to the top. And then I'm going to put Moore and Anderson almost back to back or dead even. Then Antonio Brown, sizable gap, Curtis Samuel. I think I'd go Godwin, Robbie, Evans, Moore, Brown, Samuel. So very similar. All right, Detroit 30, Washington 27. We already have our at our Believe It or Not for the football team. What about for the Lions? Believe it or not, DeAndre Swift is going to be the best rookie running back rest of season. Over James Robinson? Well, yeah, outside of him. I don't know about outside of him. No, I, I, that, that was not the, the, the... I'm including... I did not forget about James Robinson. Look well, at his next two let's games. Let's take a peek Carolina at the schedule then. Let's see. Uh, the Jaguars have... Rest of season, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Minnesota, Tennessee, Baltimore, Chicago. That's not so great. The Lions, for what it's worth, will have Carolina, Houston, Chicago, Green Bay, Tennessee, Tampa Bay. It's a little bit better. Are we going to trust that Pencil Beard is going to do the right thing with his run game? Right, let me let me on? speed you up here because mm-hmm. we'll be here forever. Swift Thanks. Robinson. Robinson. Same. Okay. So we do not believe it. And uh, what do you think about Marvin Jones? Big game. Eight catches, 96 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, if you started him, great. If not, you missed his best game of the year. Okay. Miami 29, Chargers 21. Hold on. Has he scored in three straight? He scores every time Galladay's out. Yeah. He's got like six touchdowns this year, I think. (laughs) He scored in three straight games, but this was the first of the three where he had over 50 yards. All right. Okay, so uh, Miami 29 and the Chargers 21. Big big win for the Dolphins. I already had to believe it or not, for the Chargers. So right. for the Dolphins... Can I do it? Yeah. Believe it or not, Devontae Parker is just not that good. He nearly brought in a one-handed touchdown catch on a fade route. He didn't get his right foot. Believe down. it or not, Devontae Parker is really just not that good. I do not believe it. All right, there you go. Do I think he's going to be a top 12 receiver from this point forward? No, but he should be amongst the receivers that you consider starting on a weekly basis. I Yeah. I, <clears throat> right in the DJ Moore range. Okay. I'd put him behind DJ Moore, but in the tier below, whatever that tier is. Denver 37 and Las Vegas 12, a blowout here. Actually, I got it wrong. Uh, no. Las Vegas, Actually, Las Las Vegas, Vegas 37 and Denver 12. <laughs> that was really surprising for a moment there. All right. Um, believe it or not, Heath, what do we got? Believe it or not, Derek Carr and Drew Locke and Philip Lindsay and Nelson Aguilar and Hunter Renfro and believe Henry it. Ruggs and Noah Fant are all droppable. Oh, and Noah Fant. 
Wow. Seven more Ed targets. keeps getting seven targets and doing nothing with Please, them. Do I have to do this again? He's a top five tight end. I don't. He's probably not now, Adam. So that'd be silly if you did it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I can't drop Noah Fant, I don't think. But everyone else is droppable. What about Melvin Gordon? Is Melvin Gordon droppable? I can't drop Melvin Gordon yet. Fant has under 50 yards in six straight games. Dave, no everyone has under 50 yards. Yeah, but here's a guy who's he not scored. getting 50 yards and no touchdowns and not a lot of catches. He had one game with more than five catches. We're, and I he's we getting doing a good spoilers. target share. Stop talking about Mark Andrews. He, well, they're basically <laughs> the same guy, and I think we're going to get to the point soon here, if Mark Andrews can't turn it on, that he's going to be droppable. And Fant isn't really challenging downfield very much. They're having him run the Evan Ingram curl routes more often than not. Where's Jerry Judy rank among the rookie wide receivers? We didn't talk about him. He had eight targets. He had four he catches. He should still for be up there. Third. I know he didn't have a good game, but he should still be up there. Yeah, third. not bad, not bad. All right, Arizona 32, Buffalo 30. While you Believe think about it. that, are right, you got yeah. it? No, okay. I would. While you think about that, Kyler Murray, I think he's one of my favorite. I, I call him my favorite player today, so I'm not insulting him. But when he runs, it's kind of Flintstone-y. He's like very short strides. Have you noticed that, Dave? Where you could like almost hear a piano in the background going. It kind of reminds me of miniature, miniature peak Le'Veon Bell. Miniature peak Le'Veon Bell. Interesting. I don't have that vibe. Yeah, I don't either. I feel like Le'Veon kind of glided. Murray's like very choppy when he runs. Tiptoeing through the tulips. Isn't that what Pete says? Yeah, but that's just based on how <laughs> Le'Veon gets the handoff, pause, makes his cut. Well, Kyler is always just like, like you don't, and then all of a sudden he's in the end zone. You did give us a believe it or not about Zach Moss. So you called him a loser. So if we look, we talk, yeah. and we talked about Beasley. This game's easy. All right. Well, okay. You know, how about Josh Allen? How what about are, Christian Kirk? Oh, mm-hmm. yes. How about Christian Kirk? You were not high on him this week, Heath, and you were rewarded for that uh, lack of faith. <laughs> I was not rewarded at all. In no way at all. Four catches for 27. <laughs> yeah. Well, you were right. He had, did not have a big game, and he was starting uh, 81% down of down for leagues. four weeks. It was the first time I was right. Okay. So. All right. What, uh, what, why, you know, why? Why Christian Kirk was not good or like, yeah, why, what happened? Um, well, he didn't average, like he'd scored five touchdowns on 21 targets over the past three weeks. That was not something that was going to happen. And like in week six against the Cowboys, he had 86 yards on three targets he had 123 yards on eight targets against the Dolphins. That's just not a, now you shouldn't expect him to have 27 either, but this was just kind of things even evening out a little bit. He didn't have very many, if any deep targets in the game, Arizona wasn't very vertical until obviously the Hail Mary. So how about um, Christian Kirk or Antonio Brown rest of season? I think I'd still take Kirk. I think I'd still take Kirk, but I've also been quite a bit lower on Brown. Um, I would put Kirk in the 30-ish range behind DJ Moore and Devontae Parker. By the I'd way, put him ahead of Parker. Sorry. And maybe in that same range as DJ Moo. <laughs> By the way, Chase Edmonds, I think he scored more PPR points than Kenyon Drake, which is kind of weird. But he, because Drake had the fumble. Right, right. 
he's he, had he had ten, and Drake had eight. Had eight. He, nine. So Edmonds has had ten or more f- PPR fantasy points in six of nine games. So he's still a decent flex. You know, he figures out a way to get those points. But there's obviously a low floor when Drake is playing. Okay, three games left, guys. Pittsburgh thirty-six, Cincinnati ten. How believe about it or not? AJ Green is droppable. Uh, sorry, I no. Uh, believe it or not, yeah, AJ Green is droppable. Okay. How about this? Where does T. Higgins rank among with the Steelers receivers? Hmm. Could you make the case that Higgins is ahead of them all? Yeah, you could. Juju's, is he ahead of Tyler Boyd? Juju's playing really well lately. And Juju's playing they great. They all are, I guess. But I mean, Higgins has been playing pretty lights out too. Maybe you, think- you maybe you assume that Higgins will hit a rookie wall at some point. Not that we want it to happen. And so you could put Juju ahead of him. All right. So so who's the best wide receiver on these two teams? Juju. Juju's probably the most reliable for fantasy. I'd put Higgins next, Deontay and Claypool right after that. I I think I'd still put Boyd ahead of those guys. Boyd, oh, I wasn't even thinking about Boyd. Yeah. I might put Johnson ahead of Boyd if he can stay healthy and keep getting 10 targets per game. Pretty serious correlation there. But he's... I didn't watch this game, so I don't know how good he ended up being on downfield throws. But that's been his downfall. He had a 46-yard catch. I, again, didn't see it. Don't know how amazing or average or whatever that it was. want to but say one thing about Boyd, and then we'll move on here. Boyd, um, he's had four bad games this year, I guess. Disappointing games, we'll call them. Chargers in week one got Chris Harris. Baltimore, Indianapolis, and Pittsburgh. And you really, I think you could at this point look at Tyler Boyd and say when he has a really bad matchup, you might want to be a little cautious with him. But I don't know that he has many more of them at Washington, Giants, at Miami, Dallas, Pittsburgh. Yeah, so that's just something worth noting here. He's been, it seems fairly predictable. Not that I was telling anyone to sit him, but that did cross my mind. And at this point, I think you got to say when he has a bad matchup, Tyler Boyd, he's been disappointing four out of four times, I'd say. So how many more good matchups does he have? We know that Dallas and Houston will work out for him. Yeah. Giants I mean, should work out Gi- for him too because I, I don't think he'd draw Bradbury. I think the no. I think Washington and the Giants. I think at least four. Okay. Okay. Uh, Rams and Seahawks. Shocking game here. Big win for the Rams. That division's wacky. 23-16 Rams. They were favored. I didn't they buy were. it. I just didn't really... I think they're fraud. I think they're frauds, but I also said that about the Colts. So I don't know anything. Obviously, I am the fraud. No, I thought they were fraud. Like coming into this game, they had beaten the NFC East and the Bears. Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah, this is a great win for them. Um, all right. What do we? What are our takeaways from this game? Uh, like that, Jalen Ramsey can take DK Metcalf away. Is that what happened? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Metcalf got a little bit squeaky wheelish during that game. He was kind of looked like he was almost making goggles towards Russell Wilson. Maybe he was yelling at somebody else because he didn't get a target when he thought he should have. Yeah, that's one thing when you don't get targets when you win. It's another thing when you lose. So that was uh, that was interesting. He had only two catches for 28 yards on four targets. Tyler Lockett led the team with five for 66, and Wilson just didn't have a great game. 248 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. You were lucky as hell if you faced Russell Wilson this week. Nine fantasy points 
Goff scored 10, 300. Like, he was a lot better, just couldn't score a touchdown. We talked about the Rams running backs. Let's talk about the Rams wide receivers. Josh Reynolds, 6% rostered. Eight catches, 94 yards, 10 targets. Woods had five for 33. Cup had five for 50. So Reynolds steals the show, and now he's had eight to 10 targets in three straight games. Dave, your thoughts on the Rams wide receivers? And he's had... What's the number here? It looks like it's going to be 12-plus PPR points in three of his past four. Something's up. I, I don't know exactly what it is, but any receiver that sees eight and then nine and then ten targets absolutely deserves some consideration. We've, it's just a matter of whether or not it continues. Sean McVay's playbook is way too large to take the whole thing to every game. And so this past month, he's been working out of the Josh Reynolds portion of the playbook. Uh, we saw last year at the end of the year, the Tyler Higby portion of the playbook. We've seen the Cooper Cup portions like over half of seasons in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know how much, how many more plays are left in this, this portion. <laughs> Thank you to Ben Schrager for this. Cooper Cup only played 52% of the snaps. His previous low was 82%. So he wasn't really involved. And, uh, Reynolds is their deep guy. I mean, if you look at average depth of target, Reynolds is way, way above Cup and Woods. So he does give you that unique element. And he's interesting. He's 6% rostered. Uh, would you rather have Cole Beasley or even if jo- if John Brown's out, Beasley or Reynolds? Beasley. Beasley. Okay. And our last game is New Orleans 27, San Francisco 13. What do you got? Um... Hmm. Jared Cook. I'm not sure that I have. Like we, I already did the Brandon Ayuk thing. I'm trying to think of one for the Saints. Um, Jared like Cook. T- Do something on Jared Cook. No catches. I, I yeah. Um, Tight end. Believe it or not, Jared Cook should not be rostered any longer. I'd be fine with that. What What is the difference between him and the majority of? tight ends in the NFL. He's a touchdown or bust tight end. That was kind of my, like, and I'm not to sure. say that um, like when I said tight ends were losers, maybe they just don't deserve any more um, discussion from us. <laughs> we're just going to just stick with the one you got. We're going to freeze all tight ends in their current positions. And we'll see. I mean, the difference would be he has now five targets in two games since Michael Thomas came back and he was averaging four targets per game last year in the second half with Drew Brees without Emmanuel Sanders on the team. And it kind of looks like they're just like, he's got 30 yards in two games combined and all these other tight ends get 30 yards per game. So just to be fair about our tight end advice, like we were all over Dallas Goddard and Austin Hooper this week and they, Hawkinson too. and they almost combined for 50 yards. So um, if you're looking for 50 yards, <laughs> we recommended two who came close when you put their numbers together. And that is it for today's show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we'll end on that note. What a big ending. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but they were both better than Jared Cook, so you got to give us that. <laughs> I told you to start telling Got it over Jared Cook. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. So that's Heath and and Ben Schrager and Dave Richard. I'm Adam. We will talk to you tomorrow. And make sure you listen to Fantasy Football Today in 5 for your quick early in the morning update on all your fantasy football needs. See you later. For 
from producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.